Hello, adventuresses, and welcome to the podcast dedicated to women who love horses, travel, and most of all, adventure. My name is Heather, and I will be your host today while we dive into the really cool subject of horse colors, the A's, the B's, the C's of color. You know, what makes up a color, what what defines if this horse is a chestnut or a sorrel or a bay or a dun or a roan. All of those things are going to be covered today. So stay tuned for a really fun episode on uh, colors of horses. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather. Today's podcast is sponsored by Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to visit a distant land? Right across unfenced grassy hills, down long flower-filled valleys, crossing rivers and mountain passes, making camp in beautiful riverside setting, and watching the horses graze in nearby meadows, all while sipping a glass of wine or perhaps a cup of tea just as the sun goes down. And then do it again tomorrow and again for days at a time. Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia, with their easygoing yet tough Mongolian horses, each with an unforgettable character, may be just the trip you were looking for to help rebalance in pristine nature with like-minded friends after a long absence of travel. Stone Horse provides a safe, small group environment, taking care of your needs from the moment you arrive to the moment of departure. Their seasoned staff and experienced trip leaders their own comfortable handmade saddles, and the delicious meals conjured up each night will make for an adventure of a lifetime. With a combined expedition experience of 40 plus years, the owners of Stonehorse know what to provide you to make each trip a memorable experience. Whether traveling with friends or making new ones along the way, you will add to the story of Stonehorse and it will become a part of your own. You can contact Stonehorse through their website at www.stonehorsemongolia.com or email them directly at info at stonehorsemongolia.com to learn more about how you can join them as they travel by horseback through the cultural and wilderness landscapes of this enchanted land. Well, adventuresses, here we're back talking all about colors of horses. Uh, I know this discussion comes up all the time. What color is that horse? Is it a strawberry dun? Is it a blue roan? Is it a, you know, a dark bay, light bay, red bay? Uh, all of those kind of things. So if you're confused like I am sometimes about colors of coats of horses, then then you're at the right place. Um, you know, there's been a, a certain debate over certain colors, um, and that's going to go on for, you know, ever. Um, however, as we, you know, look at information and we identify some of the common and not so common hues in uh, horse colors, uh, we've also simplified the equine color genetic speak. Um, to give you an idea of what pairings can produce these colors and provide resources that help you dig deeper into the world of color color breeding. So the the A's and B's of color 
um, are usually classified into two categories for, you know, figuring out, uh, you know, the ease of visual identification. So for example, horses with black points and points being mane, tail, ear rims, and lower legs fall into the, you know, you see those lots on bays. Um, and those with non-black points, such as your chestnut or your sorrel. And we're going to come back and talk about those in a little bit. Um, so, you know, really your red and your black, red and black are the two basic equine color pigments. Uh, your horse's ability to reproduce these pigments is an inherent trait with red being recessive. So that, that's good to know compared to black. Um, each pigment can be modified by other genes, such as a dilution of gene um, to provide a rainbow of colors that modern horses wear. In fact, you'll see the dilution can be powerful enough to water down the black on a genetically black pointed horse, shifting him from the non-black point category. So that's just some jargon that I uh, was able to pull off on genetics. Um, so some of horses, you know, the ones that fall into the black pointed category were, are going to be your, your bays, your blacks, you know, ones brown, your gorilla, buckskin, and your zebra dun. Whereas your non-black pointed colors are going to be your chestnut sorrel, your cremello, your red dun, your palomino, your silver, da silver dapple, um, and those ones that have the champagne kind of color. Um, you know, with humans, you know, we have blonde hair, brown hair, brunette, red hair, you know, variations of all of these colors. Um, but it would take, you know, you know, you've got light brown and dirty blonde and sandy brown and all of those kind of things. So horses kind of fall into the, the same kind of uh, categories. And then you toss in the white pattern of, of the gray, the paint, the pinto, the roan, the Appaloosa. And really, you know, the, the identification, you know, really, if you're colorblind, you're in trouble. Um, so I did find this to help decipher the myriad of equine coat colors. We've, uh, they've grouped them into the based on a visual presence or absence of black points, then added in a section for white pattern colors. Um, you know, also, you know, there's a sample genetic recipe that could produce certain offspring. While breeding those color parents won't necessarily guarantee you'll get a chosen color, but it kind of can help you uh, if you were a betting man to figure that out. Um, so, you know, we talked about, you know, a black horse, solid black body, legs, mane, tail, dark eyes. Uh, some black horses do, uh, coats will definitely fade in the summer um, with, the, with the sun. So, you know, those are aren't referred to as a jet or a raven black. Um, so a sample genetic recipe for a black horse would be a black horse crossed with any color and a bay any color, but it needs to be a bay carrying the recessive black gene to get a black horse. So it does get relatively complicated. Um, so when, when we talk about the different colors, because um, that was kind of scientific and we just want to talk about pretty horse colors. So I did find a list of, you know, common horse colors, patterns, markings, etc. Um, you know, really the com most common, you're going to have your sorrel chestnut, your bay, palomino, your duns, 
gray, dapple gray, your buckskin, roan, and then the combination of blue, roan, red, roan, strawberry, roan, your Appaloosa, and then they can come in all different spots, your gray, um, and your black. So really, when we talk about the most common color, which is going to be your chestnut sorrel, um, you know, sorrel is, you know, referenced from, you know, the, the sorrel herb, that reddish color. Sorrel herbs are plants with bright green leaves and a dark copper red stem and veins. So that's where the sorrel comes from. But the first use of sorrel um, as a term describing a horse color uh, traces way back to like the 14th century, um, likely from the uh, odd sorrel French for yellowish brown. So I'm probably the ode French sorrel. Um, is probably is how it was probably said. Uh, but so sorrel horses are really, you know, entirely, you know, that beautiful coppery, orangey, red, um, their mane, their tail, their coat uh, is all the same. Um, you know, a standard chestnut slash sorrel horse uh, to most people, you know, very popular see it predominantly in the Western riding what you know, Western style of riding. Um, any sorrel horse I've ever seen has always been because, and I think that it, that possibly is because there's so many sorrels. So there's something about them that has to stand out. They're always very, very talented. They're either really cowy or they're really fast. Um, but so yeah, that, that is one thing that I, I do see in, uh, in the Western ride or Western style of riding world, you see lots of sorrels that are very, very talented. Um, you know, the red color is recessive, but they must carry two copies of the red factor, um, in order to, uh, to maintain that, uh, when an animal has the gene with identical ally, allies, and, and that's spelled A-L-L-E-L-E-S. Uh, they are homogeous, so H-O-M-O-Z-Y-G-O-U-S. Um, the adjoint gene only affects black pigment, so it isn't visible in sorrel horses. Though the adjoint gene isn't visible, a sorrel horse can still carry it and pass it on to their uh, to their progeny. So, so that's interesting. Um, really popular breeds of, of sorrel horses or chestnut will be thoroughbreds, uh, Belgian draft, the Tennessee walking horses, quarter horses, um, and really you, you see a ton of quarter horses that are sorrel. Then one color that's near and dear to my heart, the bay. Um, you know, the again, bay horse, the term bay uh, was um, originated from a Latin word meaning badius, meaning chestnut brown. Uh, it was an Anglo-French uh, term um, that the Latin had, and it goes way back 14th century. So way, way back before we were deciding uh, what, you know, bay doesn't seem like the right color to name a brown horse with black mane and tail, but back in the 14th century is what they decided. Um, so they have, the bay horses can come in many different shades of brown, you know, that reddish brown. And again, depending on what time of year it is, that will be brown, dark brown, light brown, reddish brown, uh, all of those things. But they do hold the um, the dark 
the block points, right? So their legs kind of from the knee down, just, you know, hawk down, the mane, the tail, the forelock, um, all of those are going to be um, black. Um, and again, like I s said, there's the brown bay, red bay, blood bay, sand bay, uh, so, so you know, there's a bay roan, there's an amber champagne bay, a silver bay, a bay pinto, a leopard bay, wild bay, bucks, the list goes on. But a bay horse has the black base uh, and the black gene, E, also known as the extension. Um, this needs to produce the black pigment. The black gene is influenced by the adjute gene, which we find in the chestnuts, but uh, the adjute gene controls the distribution of black pigment to the horse's points. Uh, bay horses either express genetically as a E slash A or a E slash AA. So again, we're talking a little bit sciencey and it gets a little bit uh, convoluted. Um, bays, predominantly, we see them in. Uh, quarter horses again, standard breads, uh, Clydesdales, um, and thoroughbreds. They are my favorite. I uh, grew up having bays. Um, I do have a blue roan now that sometimes he's a strawberry bone roan. In the wintertime, he looks like a bay. Summertime, he looks like a gray. He's kind of nuts. Then there's the really pretty one, the Palomino. So the Palomino horses are mentioned throughout history by a very variety of names, such as the Golden Horse, the Golden Dorado. The first Palomino um, to describe these beautiful, the first use of Palomino to describe these beautiful animal colorings is relatively new compared to Sorrel or Bay. Uh, the earliest use of Palomino uh, occurred in the late 19th century. Palomino is Spanish and it translates in English to young dove. Young Dove is an apt description based on the Palomino's cream-colored coat. Um, there's also a royal Palomina family in Spain, and some horse enthusiasts claim that the family of, of genesis of the horse's non-menclature, uh, um, which may be correct. The etymology of Palomino is Latin, palamanus, pal, which translates to wood pigeon, so... Again, more mumbo-jumbo that doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense. Um, Palomino is a beautiful um, color, um, you know, typically characterized with a golden body with a white mane and tail. Um, you know, the exact shade of gold can vary from horse to horse, but is usually light to medium shade. Um, they may have evolved in the deserts of the Middle East. Scientists theorize that the horse's light-colored coats camouflaged them from predators and protected them from the blazing sun, which kind of makes sense. Um, the Palomino color is actually caused by a genetic mutation that can occur in many horse breeds, or pardon me, in any horse breed. However, it is most commonly seen in American quarter horses. The Palomino horse has been around for centuries and its striking appearance has made its popular choice for equestrians. Like if you watch any of those big fancy parades in the United States, Rose Bowl, those kind of things, even like the old TV show Lone Ranger when he had silver, the most beautiful, you know, and they always have the most beautiful mane and tails. I can't imagine anyone that owns one, how much money they must spend on like the blue shampoo to, to wash those tails. Um, and then, 
like I, mine would go roll in the poop right away as soon as I did that. Um, when it comes to their gene distribution, so they have the chestnut base, but the cream diluted gene. Um, this genotype EE creates a chestnut base color coat and the genotype C or CCR and the C locus dilutes the red to give it the yellow pigment. Um, so that is uh, some more of your, if you're looking for the scientific definition, that's how you get it. Um, you know, like I said, Palominos worldwide as quarter horses, more than 50% um, are, um, but there, but there are some, some other, uh, other breeds that do uh, have some Palomino coloring, but it, the percentage is very small. Then we have the beautiful, uh, and these really are stunning, the dapple gray coat, um, dap, dapple gray horses. So it's a gray coat. Uh, with dark rings almost all across their body. The circles, you know, they look like little dapples. That's the name describing the color pattern. Um, so it's a gray coat displaying dark circles all over the lighter hair. The dapples typically, typically cover most of the horse's body and pr produce the most beautiful and very, very unique pattern. They have a standard gray genetic base which means they have a dominant gray gene that dilutes, dilutes the base coat color. Um, it's not a standalone color gene. So that, that's how they get the little circles. Um, the genetic, genetic, genetically created dapples are caused by the deactivation of the dominant gray gene in certain spots. This type of dappling is called true dapples. A horse may exhibit bloom dapples, which look similar to true dapples, uh, bloom, bloom dapples result from good conditioning and proper diet, not genetic. Bloom dapples come and go, but true dapples are always present. Uh, dapple gray is, um, is a standard, again, like the Palomino in, in lots of horse breeds, but predominantly in Lipizzaners, Andalusians, and Perchins. Um, these ones have the most of that gray coloring. Now, moving on to Duns, and we all know that, you know, there's many different shades of the Dun coat color. So the Dun is an old English word with a Germanic origin. It was likely a reference to dusk um, and evolved to mean dingy brown. It may also have roots of Gaelic. The Gaelic word for dawn means dull, dull dark brown, or dark. The earliest use of the word done to describe a horse is again, 14th century. Um, and it was referenced in Shakespeare. Most done horses have a dull yellow or tan coat with the dark points. And some of them have those primitive markings. Um, prim you know, the points, the main tail, lower legs, ear tips. Well, the primitive markings are a dorsal stripe, horizontal stripes on the upper legs, and sometimes a, a line across the withers. Um, all dun horses have a clean, crisp dorsal stripe, and most have dark-tipped ears. Distinguishing a dun is tricky because of uh, shading, suiting, or other color color modifications can sometimes mimic um, the dun color patterns. So, so the most common dun is tan with black points. What would you consider your classic? Um, but there, you know, other variations, the bay, the blue, the red, the gorilla, the zebra, the, and of course there's a mouse and a clay bank. 
Um, so the Dunn color genetics, because we do like to talk about that, is a diluted allele gene creates the Dunn coat color coat pattern. The gene lightens the base of the coat, but does not affect the primitive markings or points. Every Dunn horse has at least one parent with the Dunn gene. The Dunn gene is dominant and illustrated by the D dominant gene, always affecting the animal's color pattern. The Dunn dilution creates color rangings from light shades of yellow to dark gray in, and many variations in between. Um, you know, when you, um, when you think of different colors, you know, certain breeds come to mind. Um, ancient wild horses, there were lots of duns. Um, and it was thought that this coloring in the wild horses was to camouflage them really against their predators. Um, in domestic horses, we don't see this pattern as much. Um, the pre-wall ski horse, the tarpan, the conic, um, are, were all predominantly duns. Um, but not all domestic breeds now carry the dun markings, but we do see them in the quarter horses, but the big ones in the Icelandic and the Norwegian Fords is where you really you're going to see it. Now, this one on the list, the buckskin, um, you know, dates back to first recordings or, or paintings, those kind of things from the 13th century. Um, buckskin was used to describe the skin of a buck. By the late 18th century, the term was used to describe the kind of soft leather made from deer hides, right? So buckskin was also a nickname for the continental troops of the American Revolution because they often wore clothes similar to the Native Americans made from deer hides. Um, but, you know, that, that coloring of the buckskin, very similar to the coloring of deer. A standard buckskin horse, really, like I said, same color as a deer, Faded tan with the um, bodies with the black mane, tail, and lower legs. Um, but again, very, you know, lots of variations of buttermilk buckskin, uh, silver buckskin, golden buckskin. So genetically, um, the buckskin coat colors are created by a single cream uh, dilution gene acting on a bay color base. Bay horses, again, have the black base with the ajute gene directing the black pigments to the horse's uh, points. The cream dilution gene tones down the base color but does not affect the ajute gene direct the ajute genes direction of the black pigment to the points. The combination of genes resulted in a tan horse with black points. Um, you see lots of buckskins in the quarter horses, the Andalusian, Morgan, Tennessee Walker, and lots of pony breeds. So that, that's if you're looking for a pony that's a buckskin, you should have should be able to do that. Um, but interesting enough, I found that some horse registries don't accept buckskin as a color. So the Arabians, Frisians, and the Shire Horse Associations are few that find buckskin an unacceptable coat color. Um, then we have, you know, the, the roans. Um, you know, like I said, um, they are the ones that there's so many different ones, you know, records indicate the horse coloring coats trace back to the mid 16th century. The term is based on a French meaning reddish brown or possibly Germanic and used the rehoud to describe red horses. Um, in Spanish, Roano is a name of a boy or used to describe a person with reddish brown skin. In Spanish literature, 
Roano is sometimes translated into English as the color of a red horse. So roan horses um, have the dark coat colorings interspread with individual little white hairs. Typically their face and lower legs remain that solid color, but the influence of the white hair mixed evenly with the base color creates a frosted appearance. So we've got, like I said, the blue, the red, the bay, the palomino or honey roan, buckskin roan, uh, and uh, rabicano roan. A roan's horse is created by the pre presence of the roan gene, the R, mutating a horse's base coat color. It's a dominant R, N, allele, and when paired with the E of the chestnut, you get the red roan. When the roan gene influenced by the E black gene, the outcome is a blue roan and um, is present in a bay, which produce a bay roan. So, um, you know, lots of breeds that have roan's colors, your, again, your quarter horses, your pasifinos, Belgian. Uh, however, you do see some thoroughbreds, or pardon me, however, thoroughbreds and Arabian associations do not permit um, the registration of a roan colored horse. So if your horse was a of a roan, you'd most likely register it as a um, bay. Now, this is the big one because there are so many versions of it. Um, it's the paint, the paint horses. So is it a paint? Is it a pinto? Uh, it wasn't until 1962 when the paint association was formed that they actually defined it as the paint horse. You know, now the noun paint originated back in the 13th century from an old French pentier to paint from the Latin word pentier, meaning the same. So paint horses, unlike the pinto, which is a breed, the paint horse is a color. So paints come in many color combinations of white and other colors such as chestnut, bay, black, sorrel, palomino, gray, roan. No two paint patterns is precisely the same. Not only do colors vary, but also the shapes and locations. The designs are infinite, much like fingerprints. So, so you have the Tabano, the Avero, and the Taverano paint. So, are you ready? Here we go. The Tabano is the, is the only spotting pattern that is created by a single gene, symbolized by T-O. It's restricted the pattern of white hair with any other coat color and has an underlining pink skin. The Avero is an umbrella term that includes three genetically distinct paint patterns, the frame Avero, the Sabino, and the splash white. Not a lot is understood about the generics that create ovarian patterns, but it is widely accepted that that one or more dominant genes influences their pattern. However, uh, it's still a theory because it's also possible that one gene can, can modify or create this pattern. Uh, the American paint horse is a breed, um, but it is in certain situations, they can be registered as quarter horse. There's also such breeds in the Clydesdale. So very, very confusing. And last on my list um, is the Appaloosa, right? So, you know, Appaloosas were probably, the name probably came up from the Palooza River in Idaho. The settlers called the horses from the Nez Perez region Palooza horses, and eventually the name morphed into Appaloosa. Um, 
In Louisiana, there is a town called Opelousa, which translates to black body from Chauca. Uh, although Opelousa and Appaloosa sound familiar, they it's basic sound similar. It is not likely to be on the basis of the animal name. So Appaloosas are a combination of a base color and an overlaid white spotting pattern. The most familiar design is a white spot spotted pattern over the horse's haunches so over the bum you know you call that a, a spotted blanket all those kind of things um you know they have straight they have characteristics of striped hooves molted skin um you know lots of times they'll have a uh, difference in their eyes um but you know you have when it comes to the coloring so the blanket which is the solid white over area over the hip area with the contrasting spots. You've got spots, so large dots of white or dark color all over or a portion of the body. There's a blanket with spots, so a white blanket with dark spots on the white. Um, and the spots are typically the base color of the horse. Then you have a solid, which very seldom happens, where you get like an Appaloosa, comes out of two spotted horses, and it comes out as a solid. Then you have the leopard. So it's predominantly a white body covered with dark spots, creating an appearance of a leopard. Um, and you see lots of the uh, First Nations um, uh, ride the real the leopard. Um, Appaloosas are so beautiful with their, their spots everywhere. Um, a snowflake one. So this is with dark coats with white dots predominantly over just, just little ones on its haunches. Um, but then there's also the Roan blanket, the Roan blanket with spots, the Roan marbleized. So, so if you are interested in um, in Appaloosas, you definitely want to uh, to check those out. Uh, so, Appaloosa genetics. So, two genes must be present to create an Appaloosa pattern. The leopard complex LP Alger gene controls the existence or absence of the Appaloosa characteristics. And the other gene is a modifier of the color pattern. Um, so the LP gene is considered the Appaloosa gene, but other carry other breeds carry the LP allele, such as the Nabstrupper, the Pony of America, Andalusian, and the uh, Pasifino. So you know there is a ton of um, uh, genetic kind of stuff when you look at when you start mixing and matching and uh breeding different things because you could you know if you really were to do a, a full genetic makeup look at the dna and you could almost like create you know well i want them just to have spots on here or i really want those um you know that the dorsal stripes with almost like the zebra stripes on the legs i think that would be super cool um so we we talked about sorrels we talked about chestnuts we talked about the different kinds of bays and appaloosas and duns and roans and so many to choose from I, i'd be curious to hear you know what color is your horse uh, what's your favorite color i know you know when you see i saw a white mule or a white donkey and i'm like how did it must have been a mule because i don't think you can get donkeys in white but it had the biggest ears and i'm like oh I just just love when they're you know it's a you know when you kind of mix two breeds together because you can get the mind of one and the athleticism of another and those kind of things and really you know 
all horses to me are beautiful. Um, but you know, those ones that are like solid with maybe just a little bit of white on their legs or that perfect little star on their forehead, all those kind of things. So I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about genetics and a little bit about the different um, breeds and what color goes with what. Um, so thanks again for uh, listening to the podcast today on behalf of Uta and myself. We're so glad you were able to join us. If you like the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you will not miss any new episodes in the future. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, equestrianadventuresses.com. Uh, lots of great things on there. Um, all the old podcasts are on there, as well as our huge resource section. Um, there's information on our Ride a Thousand Miles challenge that we have out. All of the amazing books that we have. There's EQA TV. Um, you know, because really our goal is to provide you with all the information that you need um, to go out and have an amazing equestrian adventure. So until next time, adventuresses, happy trails.